This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Keep your walls and trim protected while you paint with Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's designed for use on multiple surfaces and can be removed easily without leaving residue behind. Say big on Scotch Blue Painter's Tape from Menards. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Menards. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. So much to get to in this episode. How to make friends in the golf course. What's the protocol for being the rando in a foursome? And Nick identifies the PGA champion. Now, you're welcome to wait until Nick and I make our picks for the PGA championship before you do this. But the promotion is still active with Piper Golf. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts under the At The Turn page with your PGA Championship winner. Leave five stars. If you're right, Piper Golf will send you a sampler pack of their outstanding golf balls. The cutoff is Wednesday. If you can't wait and you need to get your hands on some Piper Golf balls prior to the PGA Championship, you're in luck. Just go to Piper.Golf. Use promo code TURN10 at Check out. Nick, you play a lot of golf by yourself. You are a super single. So I assume you've been in the situation a lot where you've been the rando in a group of established bros. Is that fair to say? Um somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some experience on, on that on that end of the spectrum. I would assume you prefer, because you're typically playing so early, you're trying to get back to mother and baby, that you just want to zip through, play through, rather than join up and deal with the madness that is another threesome. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of the golf I, I, I played the last few years. I, I knew the spots to pick where I would just be a single, get out there, get home, and, and didn't do this a lot. Actually, the the one time that this really made me think of was my league at Hemlock Ridge, okay, and my partner, my opponent that week. So they, they have like a, a three-hour window, window of tee times. So you got to play between two and five, and you just coordinate with your opponent when you're going to go play. So he texted me and was like, hey, I can't make it this week. So the protocol is you can play as a single. They put your handicap against the course. You can still get points, but you have to play with somebody else from the league. Okay, no big deal. So I go to the course at like 2.30. <laughs> Little did I know. There's two – the B and the C leagues are all 65-plus. They all tee off at, at 2 o'clock. So oh, I missed no. all of them. And the A league tees off. They, they're all working class. Get off work at 
455, rolling in on two wheels, tee off at five. So I'm, I'm sitting there waiting. I got to play with somebody in the league. I'm in the putting green. I'm putting around. This, this guy shows up at like four o'clock. I'm like, hey, I'm in the league. Like, I got to play with somebody. Can I just tag along whenever you tee off? And he's like, yeah, well, we'll see. Okay. Like, okay. So it turns out there's eight guys in the A League. And so they have two foursomes. And I'm like, hey, one of the foursomes goes to the first tee. I'm like, can I just play with you guys? I got to play with someone in the league. And the first guy says no. And I'm like, one guy in the the group was actually nice and was like, dude, just let him freaking play. Like, who gives a shit? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, thank you. Um, so that was like the the main time I was I was this the the fifth in in a foursome um, that I had to like really think about these my, my mannerisms and my etiquette because I never really had to think about it other than that. So I compiled some do's and don'ts, and before we get into them, do you do you do you sort of generally agree with these, or or do you think I'm off off the rails with what I got here? No, these are these are are, are good, and I added a couple more. I've got okay. a few more we can kind of discuss because actually, I was on the other end of this most recently. This year, it's a new oh. year, new me. I'm playing golf with friends more. It's more Great. of a social thing. And I had a tea time with with a couple of buddies, and they put a random with us. It's very interesting being on the other other side of the spectrum. Well, let's start from the singles perspective. Here are things. That you absolutely must do. First and foremost, play from the same tees as the group. Now, I'm sorry. If they're playing the tips, you can play the whites. If they're playing the whites, you can't play the tips. That, to me, is the steadfast rule. You can play forward from them. You're not allowed to play back. You just can't do it. It, it 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 breaks up the mojo too much. You're interrupting their round. No one should ever expect you to play farther back than you're comfortable with, but you can certainly play farther forward than you'd like. Yes. So the round I recently played, me and a buddy, our third bailed. So it's just us two. They pair us with another random guy. We said, hey, we're playing the white. He's standing by the blues swing with an iron in his hand on a par five. The first hole is a par five. And I'm like, I don't want – the course is already jam-packed. I don't I'm want like, this. I'm like, well, I'm like, we're going to play the whites. And he's like, that's fine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so not, he, he, he's breaking rule number one right off the bat. Not only that, as you'll learn soon, he's in the midst. He is in the midst, in the, in, in the annals of a swing change. And he is replaying every golf lesson he has ever had before every swing. The, the big dog's in the bag. He's not. He's, he's not only playing the blues. He's he's not getting it out there. It was it was a little rough. So it wasn't but like I he stuck pulled- to us. I was like, I'm not. We're not going back there because, again, New England course, woods everywhere. Not not trying to make this five hour round a six hour round. But it wasn't like he pulled out a three iron and striped it two thirty, and you're like, all right, well, that's cool. No, we we all. <laughs> I hit it into the driving range. <laughs> Buddy hit it into the ninth fairway, and he hit it into the woods in between. I mean, we were all searching after the first, and I'm just like. <sighs> that sounds about right. Next do, acquiesce to the group. 
If they're playing music, let it go. If they're not playing music, don't fire up your Yacht Rock mix. The vibe. If they're taking it seriously, you should probably try to take it a little seriously, even if that's not really what you're about. If they're loosey-goosey, you got to stay loosey-goosey. Remember, you are on their turf. You are a part of their experience. It is incumbent upon you to take whatever social cues you can and continue down that road, right? Yeah, no, it's 100%. That, that, that speaks for itself. What is what is your general view on music, Nick? I don't think I've ever played with you where you do music. I used to just never have it around. And now I find that most people in my group like heavy music, and I actually enjoy it. I don't find it a distraction. I like it. No, I I like it, but I don't make the effort to <laughs> Same. Like, do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you, you can't just play it on your phone because your battery's going to die. Yeah. You know, you got to pack a speaker. Then you got to you, – you can't – you also can't just pack a speaker. You got to like prepare a playlist, I yep. imagine, because who knows how reliable Spotify is going to be. You don't you you have to be calculated in what music comes on during your round because some music I would have a problem with, but I wouldn't say anything. I would just internalize it and let it bother me. Um so wait, what is an I, example of music that would bother you? I don't know. I don't know until I until I sure. see it. You know, I don't know until there. I hear it, but I would definitely get pissed off about it. Um, so yeah, I don't make the effort to charge my speaker, charge my phone, make a playlist, but if somebody else does it, I played around with, with Bill Myers at Palooza Ridge one time and just had per turn on the music. Every song just felt perfect for the day, for the vibe and absolutely loved it. What was it? Rock, rap, yacht rock? What do you, what, what do you have going? I uh, like classic rock. Yeah. Great. Just ACDC and yeah. Queen and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I love it. You're on their turf. Do what they want. Now, Nick, this last do you added. So do you want to uh you want to educate us a little bit here? Yeah. So everybody has their flagstick preferences. And the way it goes is you get to the first green, the first guy to putt, you look at him and you say, You want it in or out? And he'll say, you know, in or out, and then what do you prefer? And everybody kind of goes around. And you kind of get a, a majority consensus. Hey, we're all good with it in? Okay, we're good with it in. I like it pulled? Okay, we're, we're pulling it for everybody. Okay. Now, golf is an important game. Okay. Very. And there's a lot of important putts. So you get some get-out-of-jail-free cards. You can go against the grain with your group selectively. You have got to be selective on when you're going to go against the grain with the flagstick protocols. You get once per side plus one. I really like that because after four to five holes, maybe more, but once you establish that rapport a little bit, oh, you watch Ozark too, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're getting into likes and dislikes and you start to know them. You can feel them out a little bit. Say you got a really big putt that you're trying to save bogey. You hit the first ball out of bounds. Put your second shot in play. You stuffed your fourth shot to six feet. Boy, this bogey would really keep the round together. I want this flag stick out. Perfect moment to take advantage of that. Don't do it every time. I like that. Selective. Be selective about it. So you're saying one per side plus one. Yes. Yeah. That's the right I, amount. I think that's perfect. To further that point, you know when you're around the first screen, even if it's people you know and you're feeling each other out, 
the most common preference or response that I get to the question in or out, I don't care. Give me, I, 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 I need an answer because yeah. I don't care. I don't care means leave it in. That's what I don't care means. You yeah, need to I tell don't me. I don't care means like I'm, I'm just more concerned about what I'm doing than, than what's happening in the hole. You know, if it's, if, if I look up and the flag's not there, I don't care if I look up. You're and the flag I don't care. There, I don't care. And if, if I, and if I do care, I'll just go take it out or I'll just go stick it in once per side plus one. Once per side plus one. Okay. Those are your dues. Now it's time for don'ts. To me, this is the most important don't. You cannot do this, especially early in the round. You cannot look for your ball longer than, Nick, I'm going to say two minutes, not three, two minutes. You must be willing to give up more quickly than the rest of the group. You must. You joined them. You got to give up quick. It's on you, man. Yeah, this is this is true. And this is, it's the, I, I want to do a study on pace of play. This has got, looking for balls has got to be like 80% of the pace of play problem. Um, it, it really does. God, and I know you've said this recently, that they should just, everything is red. Can't find your ball. It's red. Out it's of a bounds, movement. It's red. No like, out of bounds. Seriously. If they did that in, in capped green speeds, at like 9.5, three-hour rounds, I'm telling you. No, it's in – the biggest thing with this, if you you give up on your ball, don't give up on your round. It's so easy Agreed. to think that like giving up on your ball instantly turns into giving up on the hole, instantly turns into giving up on the next tee shot. And if if that next tee shot it also becomes given up on – you, you're you're this close to giving up on your round. You I'm so guilty give up of on that. I'm so I don't know how not to do that. That happened to me literally <laughs> so last hard. week. I was I think I was four over through uh, fifteen, and I thought I hit my tee shot in the middle of a fairway, and we couldn't friggin' find it. I drop. It's a par five, and I'm thinking like, do I take a stroke here? Do I not take a stroke? Because it's like it's muddy. It, it maybe it's lost. I ended up making a seven on the hole. Well, 17 goes back the other way, and it turns out that my buddy hit my ball because we were playing the same ball. Oh, my God. With a different number. And so that sent me – so my, my 75 turned into an 82 like that. I, oh I completely God. gave up. It was it was fine. It was just like one of those things that happened, and it's this nexus of does this round still legitimately count? Does it not? It's, it's so tough to process those moments, especially when you've built up – so much good equity in your round up until yeah. that point. So what say you, Nick, in that situation? What what is what is the right move score wise? Well, it depends. If if you went to where you are virtually certain that your ball was, and you are you and the committee, the other people in your group, unless you're playing in an organized event, agree or are virtually certain that your ball is is plugged underneath the surface of the ground. Um, you could play from that spot for free. That that's Probably a loose interpretation of the rules. I don't know if I don't know exactly. if Patrick Reed is getting that ruling, but I I think that's that's good enough for me. That's what I do. And and by the rule of the book, that is what it says. If you're virtually certain that your ball is here, um, and if it's if you're virtually certain that it's plugged, then you in that situation, I'm I'm pretty confident you would get a free drop. 
Now, a lot of the times you hit your ball and can't find it. You're not virtually certain you're in the spot that it was and that yeah. virtually certain that it, it is plugged. So that's why that's it's a pretty loose interpretation. But really, especially if you're playing, you know, public tracks and you don't know who's around you. I, I saw it happen last week. Somebody hits somebody else's ball unknowingly, probably innocently, but you're not taking a penalty for that. You know, just just play your ball. The most important thing whether you're by the rule of the book or not, is that you make a confident decision that you're happy with so you have that legitimacy of your round so you're not giving up, so you're not wishy-washy two holes later if it's valid or not. If if you're not, sh- if you're not comfortable with the decision that you want, give yourself the decision that you don't want so you can still feel comfortable with your round. I was uncomfortable enough with my decision on 16 to stand on the 18T pop two in the driving range and finish with an eight. <laughs> but I digress. The no. next don't, this is so important. This is this is almost as important as the first rule. Do not be the slow player. Do not take five practice swings. Do not be the guy that's holding up the group because you're the stranger to three people who presumably know each other. You have to be the one that is Johnny on the spot. Play more quickly. Play with urgency. Don't talk when you're waiting to hit, talk between shots. It's very easy to do. Yeah, and and it really goes along with the first one. Looking for balls is what usually makes you the slow player. I remember that round I was talking about, that league round where they, they barely let me in and joined their foursome. I was like 50 yards ahead of them, like pretty much the whole round because I was not going to be the slow player. And I was like thinking, they probably think I'm a dick because I'm just like trying to rush them. But – it's way better than the other way around. Oh, 100%. I'd rather play with someone who I think is like, wow, they're they're playing almost too fast rather than the inverse because you so rarely come across someone who plays so fast, you almost think it's a detriment to their game. Give me that 10 times out of 10. Yeah, but but at the same time, this is my don't and I couldn't really put it into like a bulleted list on this on this rundown, but you don't want to get out of your own game and your own rhythm. Like it's so easy to get flustered. You know, you show up to the golf course, you think it's going to be one experience and instantly the pros like we're throwing you with these guys. And also like you're teeing off 10 minutes earlier than you thought you were going to. And you're like, there goes my practice time. And there goes my like calmness. And it's super easy to get out of your element to start worrying about what everybody else is thinking of your swing. Are they criticizing this? Am I, am I going too slow? Am I going too fast? Do, you know, or is this cool? Am I, what kind of shoes am I wearing? Does this matter? You know, like, dude, just, just play golf. Like if, if you feel like you're being slow over a, a shot, that's fine. Do your thing. Don't rush it. Cause guess what? It's a lot quicker to play one shot slowly than two shots rushed. 100%. You got to stay in your own mind when you're out there sure do it with urgency don't look for your ball for too long but you also don't want to get yourself so far away from your routine that you're just having a miserable experience because you got paired with someone else you got to be adaptable you don't want to hit a good shot on the fourth hole and be like oh yeah I forgot I'm just supposed to be out here playing golf and like that's the first time that you're actually salvaging around a golf it's so easy it's Easier said than done. It's so easy to get flustered. It's so easy to get frustrated, to get out of your element in your head. But just try to chill, relax, do you. It's all good. This last one. 
true of, of, of this circumstance and really many circumstances. Nick, the, my last couple rounds, it's bit me. I don't like doing it. I don't like doing it. I got mad. Don't get mad if you're the random really? single. Yeah, I know. Just, you know what? You know what it was, man? Uh, I'll digress for a second. I've, I've been playing in mud all spring. I've just been trudging in mud. There's down branches everywhere. Like, I feel like I'm getting practice at a sport that resembles golf, but isn't actually golf. It's it's a really interesting feeling. And I just had a couple of like really huge mud balls where the mud splats me in the face and the driver isn't going where I wanted to sometimes. And I'm, I I just lost my cool out there. So I got a little drunky. It calmed me down. I just need some warmer weather, man. I, I need warmer climates. Man. Yeah. Don't get mad, Joe. I know. I know. I shouldn't. I think I think I'm pretty good at, at I don't I can't remember the last time I've gotten like noticeably mad at the golf course. Like you don't get one, mad. You get you get disappointed in yourself. There's there's a difference. Yeah, which is way more acceptable. Like it, it, it definitely is. Just a state of constant disappointment. But <laughs> uh yeah. Well, if you smash the driver this year the way you did last year, you're going to be in good shape, my friend. But don't get mad out there. Don't be the rando single that they're talking about at the bar afterwards. Like, that Joe guy was a real prick, wasn't he? <laughs> don't be like that. It's, it just becomes awkward for everybody. I agree. So those are the do's and don'ts. Do you have anything else to add on this topic? Uh, yeah, but I'll save it. No, far away. <sighs> All right. So... This guy that I played with recently was oh great! I can't wait. Story time. I, I've, I've got to actually, I've actually got to do that's going to sound like a don't. <laughs> okay, you have to be very calculated if you're going to do this. I was standing on the tenth tee box, driver in my hand, a narrow kind of dogleg short par four. We're pretty close to pulling it back, and he goes, "Whoa, Nick, that might be too much club." Which is, I don't hear that very often. First of all. <laughs> Second of all, he's a member at the course. I never played there. Um, I, st- I stepped back. He got his rangefinder out. He shot the bunker. You know, I asked him about like, well, what about if I go over here? He said, ah, if you go over there, you hit it straight. You hit it this far, you're fine. I actually appreciated that. I did. He he meant well. He wasn't telling me. He, you know, he wasn't giving me like swing advice or he was giving me useful information that I he knew I hadn't played there. He knew I didn't know the course. He knew the course. I appreciated that, bro. I still ripped the driver, smashed it. I got, I, I had like a forty-yard wedge in from the. It, it was a best shot of the day scenario, which which was awesome because I was like, if I hit this, if I still hit this, and and now I pull <laughs> get it myself off. into trouble. It's gonna be awkward, but um, I actually did appreciate that. So, provide useful information, but you're not an instructor. Course management, yes. Swing instruction, no. If you know you're playing with someone who's never played the course, and I've been in this circumstance before where I've played with people who know the course and I don't, I always ask the same question. Where can I miss big? (laughs) (laughs) Is there any out of bounds or water that I need to be aware of? Those are really the main things. Otherwise, don't don't tell me I'm coming over the top. Don't tell me my head's going down. Tell me how far that bunker is. Yeah. That's what I have to know. Yes. That's it. Yes. I 
So do we do we qual? I think that is a do and a don't. You're right. It's a little bit of both. You've got to be. You've got to know what if if you're going to give any kind of advice, you've got to know it's helpful, or at least like I said, I didn't take his advice, but I appreciated knowing it because, yeah, I it's not a good smash driver, but I didn't really know the shape of the hole or which way the woods kind of meandered. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't be your your friend and podcast partner if I didn't ask you if you didn't if you if you got up and down for birdie. No, no, no. I bladed the wedge over the green. I think I did get up and down for par. Okay, good. I think I made I think I made like a nine footer for par. There you go. <laughs> which is the state of my game. <laughs> so that's being a random single in a foursome. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this next topic, Nick, but I do think it's worth mentioning. Have you ever met a random person on a golf course who you'd never met socially before who then became either your friend or a regular golf partner subsequently? No. No. I've I've there have been randoms who have been paired up with multiple times who, you know, ah, recognize actually actually I I take that back. Great. You know, somebody who multiple guests of this podcast who I first met by being paired with him on the golf course. Smoot? Justin Smoot. Ah, well, how are you not going to be friends with that guy if you meet him on the golf course, for God's sakes? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, I, I, so yeah, Smooty, I did meet on the golf course. Uh, other than that, there's guys I've played with multiple times. Um, I used to play with super early in the morning at, at, at University of Idaho, and there was some, like, professor from Washington State who would had the same routine as me on the weekends. And um, equally bad golfer as I was, but in entirely different ways. And so, like, I forget his name. It was, it was, I, I forget. But I used to tell you stories about playing with him, and he would. I don't think I remember this. I, I wish I remembered his name, but I played with him. I don't know, like every other week for probably a whole golf season. No shit. And uh, yeah, it was it was always fun. We'd see him on the putting green and be like, "Yeah, all right, let's 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 get out there." So yeah. Um, but we never we never got a beer or anything like that. You never exchanged phone numbers or information. He and I would never cross paths in any world other than the first tee at the Univai Golf Course. He was never went to the corner club, never went to uh, get some margs at Casa, uh, nothing like that. We our our worlds did not collide. Never at Mikey's for a Euro in a in nope. a natty light. Yeah, no, and I, I was never in the uh, in the library brushing up on my like chemical engineering <laughs> knowledge. So I have an example of this actually happening to me. Um, back in 2019, pre-pandemic, I was out there as a single, and this really slow twosome was ahead of me. And I asked if I could play with them because the course was stacked up. I wasn't going anywhere. And uh, one of the guys very coldly and flatly said no. I was like, oh, wow. And then about a whole later, I'm, I'm right on top of them. Like, I'm trying to play slow, but they're obviously beginners. One of them comes up to me and he apologizes and he's like, look, my buddy is like, this is his like first ride ever. He's very nervous. And I was like, look, I totally understand. If you guys want me to hang back, I will. And it's like, no, 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 come join us. And so we hang. We have a nice time. Marcus and Torsten from Germany. Torsten bails after nine. And uh, then me and Marcus play the front nine. We start on the back at Rose City. He pulls out a beer out of his bag. It was 90 degrees. This was This is what got me. It was 90 degrees. He pulled a beer out of his bag and it was ice cold. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't appear to have a sleeve or any sort of ice. It was some sort of German magic oh, that Marcus man. with a K used to pull it out of his bag. We had a great time. Marcus 
worked at Adidas, the North American headquarters is is based here. Uh, and so he gave me the beer. We had this wonderful experience. And then we exchanged information. Marcus became one of my regular golfing partners for like a year and a half before he moved back to Germany to be wow. with his girlfriend. I hope he's well. I That's almost awesome. I almost snagged another one last week, Nick. We actually had a random play in my men's club group. I thought he was a buddy of someone else in the group. Come to find out to talk to him, he wasn't. His wife and kids were up north in Seattle. I was like, oh, Seattle, you from up there? He goes, yeah. Did you go to UW? No, I went to Wazoo. Oh, I Ooh. went to Wazoo too. What year did you graduate? 2000, 2008. What? I graduated in 2008. And so we're talking about Pullman. He has a very similar sense of humor to me. So I'm like, around the 12th hole, I'm thinking like, all right, how do I ask for this guy's number? Like, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the cool move here? Because I don't know. I haven't like made a new friend or like put myself out there to make a new friend in basically since the pandemic started. So I didn't think I knew how to do it. And, you know, we get to the 18th hole and he just kind of leaves really, really quickly. I was a little bit sad on the drive home. <laughs> I felt I felt kind of bad. I thought I was going to make a new friend. Oh, man. James from Tualatin, who lived in a, a dorm just up the road from me at the same time. He, matter of fact, he lived in a house close to mine in Pullman. We may have been neighbors and, and been at the same party at some point. I'm and sure uh, at the same party at some point. James, if you're listening, uh, please text. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll DM you my phone number if you're on any sort of social media. But You know what, though, Joe? This is the kind of this is like the preface. Like you'll you'll see him again on the golf course, and I hope that's so. when you'll be like, "I remember you." Yeah, we're we're buddies. We've got this established rapport. From, the, from the, and then you'll become friends. It was almost, this is gonna sound crazy. It was almost like our chemistry was too good together. <laughs> like the lightning was too hot. We just the the patter the conversation we're clicking on all cylinders so i really hope i see him out there again now i almost wish he's not listening to this podcast cuz now it's starting to sound yeah, there's nothing wrong with a good bromance right i just i just i was <laughs> i was i was very smitten with james from Tualatin. Right, and it. um it's it's rare because most people it's a very like sort of the thing you described with the professor at Wazoo. It's sort of a transactional thing. This is going to happen on the golf course. Hope to see you out here sometime. If i never see you again, that's fine too. I really want to see James again. Yeah, no, I think you will. I hope I, so. I got to bring one more Ooh. probably regrettable story. In oh, here, yes. This is the good stuff here. Back in back in our days in Moscow, mm -hmm. beginning golfer, single man, before I had ever laid eyes on the beautiful, lovely Ashley. I got. You can remember the time before you met Ashley? I Unfortunately, I can't. What a dark <laughs> time that was. Um. I was a single, and there was a, a slow group ahead of me, and there was a, a girl playing as a single behind me. At U of I? To, at U of I. Playing the back nine, caught up to me on the 12th tee box. Oh, up the hill. Invited her to play. Yep, top of the hill. Nice-looking girl. I age. Super into golf. It's like, yeah, I just love getting out here and playing golf. I'm thinking, okay. Score. <laughs> Make a new friend. Yeah. Get some beers, whatever. I, but I <laughs> – I, was, I had been sick, and I was actually on a on an antibiotic. Um, <laughs> I was on some medication, mm -hmm. and I was out roasting in the sun. And like by the thirteenth fairway, I broke out in this most 
awful rash oh. like, all over me. I was feeling so terrible. Like I can, I can like stomach just like playing bad golf in front of an attractive girl, woman. But like I could not have been more embarrassing. Like absolutely no chance. Just like rash, terrible golf, no energy, like lethargic, just an absolute disaster. How was your game? Good. I mean, not, not, I think she had played like high school golf for a year, like ninth grade. You know, she was familiar with golf, but you know, probably breaking a hundred, not, not breaking 90. Okay. So you guys are about right, right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I was going to say, how, how, how more compatible can you get really? Yeah. (sighs) Man. That sucks because all you want to do is like be a competent human. Like you don't have to go out and shoot 70, but like can I just look normal? Like do I have to look crazy too? (laughs) What torture? Yeah, it was was rough. That's how you make friends on the golf course. Nick, it's time for the Mad Golfer of the Week. We're taking your submissions at at attheturnpod at gmail.com. If you are a mad golfer, know a mad golfer, or read about a mad golfer, please submit your findings to at the turnpod at gmail.com. As always, this segment is brought to you by T-Box Coffee, a roast-to-order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California, packaged for the golfer who can shoot 68 and 98 in every score in between. Let T-Box fuel your morning rounds. Promo code TURN15. Nick, today's mad golfer, I don't know if he golfed this course, but he certainly visited it. It's Jeff Myers speaking about the venue for this week's U.S. PGA Championship Southern Hills golf course. Here's what Jeff has to say. Quote, if you like antiques and old things like vintage pictures, trophies, furniture, and decor, you would like this place. It's like walking into a place from the 1800s, and if you are younger-minded, it can be seen as kind of creepy. I've only been inside a few times for social dinners, and I have no knowledge how good the real food is, but the masses fair I have at prearranged dinners it was fine. Apparently, most <laughs> attendees or members must tend toward being handicapped because walking to or from the place or your car is discouraged and they have to park your car for everyone. This is if only they had a word for that type of service. I know. I don't and okay, so the picture of Jeff Myers is he's an older gentleman. But he's listed in the Google reviews as, like, one of their top reviewers. So this bad boy is spitting out reviews of lots of different places. So it seems as though he's never golfed at Southern Hills Golf Course. I don't know if he golfs in general, but he's been to a lot of catered events at the venue. Mm-hmm. Is disappointed in the decor, the the mass-produced food, and the parking situation. Those are his gripes with Southern Hills Golf Course. Jeff hates himself some valet. That is the It's only for handicapped people. (laughs) I know. Also, like, I don't know. It it doesn't seem like he's making fun of disabled people, but his whole tone, his whole tone throughout the review makes me think he kind of is. Like, the words aren't saying it, but the sort of the through line of him being grumpy makes me feel like he's taking some sort of umbrage here. It's a very strange review. Yes, that is your mad golfer of the week. Classic mad golfer of the week. It's Jeff Myers. Now, we'll get to Nick rules a little bit later, but we have a major Nick. 
How yeah. do you? Oh, I just looked at your dark horse. All right, do you? So for those of you who are unfamiliar, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Nick and I play a little ping pong. We pick a dark horse, a contender, and then a winner, giving ourselves six opportunities to identify a major champion. The last at the turn family member to identify a major was the aforementioned Ashley. She had one pick and she nailed it in 2021 saying Hideki Matsuyama would win the Masters. Nick, do you want to start with your dark horse? Yeah, my dark horse is um, a guy who some some people on Twitter are saying he got an unfair advantage um, <laughs> at this upcoming tournament. Which yeah, that was hilarious. I will put that in into you know my betting advantage any day of the week. Um, this man actually got the opportunity to play around with the head professional of Southern Hills on the bag. Was it and Jeff this Myers? Being, this being the PGA Championship, you know that that head professional was taking that responsibility very seriously. Mm. And this guy has actually won at Southern Hills before he won the PGA Championship there back in 06, 07, somewhere, somewhere 07. back then. Yeah. Um, Tiger Woods, 41. Uh, I, I love those I love those odds. And I, I've said it before, really, it comes down to if, if you're not betting on him, you're betting against him and I will not be on the record betting against Tiger Woods. I'm so happy that you've picked Tiger for two majors because it takes the pressure off of the podcast to pick Tiger, and I don't personally have to plant my flag with Tiger's face on it. So I applaud that pick. It's it's Tiger. Thank you. Thank it's you. Tiger. Yes. My dark horse is a somewhat recent major champion. He hoisted the Claret Jug just a couple years ago. Form. Ooh, it's looking good, Nick. Third at the Masters. Third at the Heritage. Number 27 in the world, the Irishman. I love these odds. 35 to 1 for Shane Lowry. I might put some real money on this. I love that Mm. number. Good luck. (laughs) Thanks. I got nothing. Shane Lowry, he's just seen, yeah. I got to get to my contender because I'm getting to the point in the program where we got some legitimate winners coming. Okay. All right. We it's had, not here, but go on. We had a betting expert on our master's preview. Patrick McDonald was generous with his time and his information. And kudos to Patrick. You see Patrick got the call up to the big leagues? No. Patrick appeared on At the Turn to do a master's preview. CBS Sports snatched him up. For real. Oh, Congrats, isn't that, Patrick. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's about time Happy they recognize some talent. Good, I know, dude's work. grinding. Seriously. Uh, if well, so CBS sports golf writer, Patrick McDonald. My main takeaway from that conversation is find the guy who just needs to just needs to make some more putts. <laughs> you found him. <laughs> I found him. You found him. The the second best ball striker on planet Earth, Tita Green. Strokes gained approach, 33 to 1. He just needs to make some more putts. If Will Zalatoris can even have an average to above average round putting, weak putting, he will be your PGA champion at 33 to 1. That is a good bet. I have a, I have a, couple, of, uh, a, couple, of, a couple of points I want to make. I'd love to hear them. Have you seen Will Zalatoris putt? <clears throat> I actually have not. I actually, I have not. I think I'm going to spend this week just sending you videos on Twitter of 
His stroke has been described as a figure eight. His his putting stroke from 15 feet and out looks relatively normal. You give my guy a three footer, it's it's spooky town. Like I legitimately would trust you with a three footer more than Will Delatoris. <laughs> Maybe not myself, but you I would. It's it's that bad. Wow. Um also my guy. I mean, never, I'm a pretty good putter though. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 made a lot of big putts last year at the open to keep us in contention. Um, Will Zalatoris has never won a tournament either on the PGA Tour. On the PGA Tour, yeah. A lot of <laughs> I people guess have won a tournament on the PGA Tour. No, no time to start like right now. See, now yeah, I, I mean, know it's hardly even a major. <laughs> no, that's true. It's just a PGA Tour event with long rough. I know that he's going to win now because I've I've purposely stopped the picks to shit on this pick. So he's <laughs> there's no question he at least is going to contend. Like I know what's going to happen. Like Thursday. I'm going to check the leaderboard and it's like Will Zalatoris has shot a 65 like before the television coverage starts. And it's, it's, I, I hope mean, that happens. Putting, not that putting is easy, but it's really <laughs> easy to not let putting be the thing that destroys your golf game. Like it's easy to, to just get the ball in the hole eventually. I mean, like, you know, it's not that hard. Just, just putt average, like just putt average. And you're probably going to win. You're probably going to be in the top five at least. I think. I think that was the title of one of Doctor Bob Rotella's books. Putting is. It's not that hard. It's not that it's not hard. That hard to just not be a disaster on the greens. Like for me, it's legitimately hard to not be a disaster off the tee. But like, it's not that hard to not be a disaster on the green. You're you've you already gotten to the green. Just like get it close to the hole and then get it in the hole. Yeah, you've advanced it 400 yards. Now you have 30 <laughs> feet. This part's yeah. easy. Just get yeah, in there. Jordan Spieth, I think, I'm I'm pretty sure he won the other week and was literally the worst putter in the field. So is that right? It's usually the opposite. It 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 is, but that's that's what Jordan Spieth did. Neither of us are taking Jordan Spieth. So you have Will Zalatoris, and he's definitely going to win. We've got we've got his we've got his friends, Will Zalatoris, Scotty Scheffler. I'm sure somebody's I'm sure somebody's got Justin Thomas. You know, yeah. basically his his groomsmen. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the wedding party. Is <laughs> is our picks. Um, my contender, also in great form, this is one of these guys who's long overdue for a major, yet he doesn't really contend in majors, like in a serious way. Finished second at the Heritage, then won the team event with Xander, which was kind of cheating. I mean, they were compared compared to the other teams. It was it was kind of a lock, but they they took care of business. I mean, he's number four. Be in good the at world. selecting a partner. That's, that's, that's true. Part the, that's part of the game. That's true. Number four in the world, I'm taking it 20 to one, which I was a little surprised at that number. Mm. Patrick Cantlay is my contender, Nick. That man has won quite a bit at high levels. Yeah, he Highs, wins. Except for the majors. No, he's he he is due. He's been knocking on the door. But he's like you, Joe. He's got this long pre-round routine. <laughs> he better hope for a late tea time on uh, Saturday and Sunday so he can well, you know, get stretched out, get himself he, ready. If he plays well, he's yeah. he's going to have the opportunity. Exactly. Fun fact about Patrick Cantlay, he has as many major championship wins as Ricky Fowler. So just, just going to throw and that you out you and there. I. <laughs> the same as us. Yeah, exactly. Who's your winner, uh, buddy? I'm going with, with John Rahm. I mean, <sighs> I, I think he's a little bit pissed off that he lost that number one ranking. Um, he's trying to he's, get it back. He just won in Mexico. He did. He just won in Mexico. Um, 
he's just, you know, let's not overthink it here. Let's just pick John Rahm to to win one of the biggest tournaments because he's one of the best golfers. I mean, that's that's the logic there. You know who's not overthinking things? If Joe I, Simons. Yeah, if I if I was better at at this, if I were actually betting money, I would know where to find a John Rahm top ten odds. I, I couldn't find it. Just typing it into Google doesn't get the job done. Uh, I would I would bet him to finish in the top ten, like half of Gavin's college fund. <laughs> well, for for your sake and your wife's sake, I'm not going to tell you where to find that. <laughs> <laughs> And for um, Gavin's sake. I'm I'm not overthinking this either. This has been my pick since probably the 15th hole of the final round of the Masters. This has been my guy. This was only reinforced by an interview being posted that Scotty Scheffler did last summer where they asked him, out of nowhere, what's your favorite golf course in the world? You know what his four words were? Southern Augusta Hills. National Golf Club. <laughs> Southern Hills is his favorite course on planet Earth. One man has the opportunity to win the Grand Slam, and that's the number one player in the world. He's my pick to win. You can get him at 12 to 1. I snapped him up at 14 to 1. Scotty Shuffler is going to win the PGA Championship. And here's what I liken it to. To me, this is an ascendance that reminds me of what Jordan Spieth did in 2015. Jordan Spieth burst onto the scene. He played great in the 2014 Masters, racked up a bunch of wins, and then blew the doors off the place in the 2015 Masters. Scotty Sheff, his wins were more concentrated, and then he blew the doors off the Masters in April. He's only played one event since. It was the team event, had a ho-hum finish, played with Ryan Palmer. That's probably a big reason. But that's the only event he's playing between the Masters and the PGA. It's his favorite course. I feel like he's really geared up to take this on, I'm taking the best player in the world. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. Let's, Let's put go. The odds in our favor. All right. When does the Grand Slam talk start? Like if he if he shoots like a 66 on on Thursday, do we start talking Grand Slam? Does he need to be the 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 54 hole leader? Is it not until after he wins the championship? Is it not until he's leading the U.S. Open? So when, when does the Grand Slam talk start for Scott Scheffler? Now, who do you mean? Because Twitter is going to show Scotty Scheffler making a birdie on one, and and that's when it's going to start. That's when okay. it's going to start. No, that's, that's – In terms enough. of the that's CBS – that's, that's a big burden to bear. I mean, it is, but in, in terms of the CBS broadcast, I would say if Scotty Scheffler is on the first page of the leaderboard come Saturday, if he's one of like the last five groups, they're going to start talking about it immediately. The Golf Channel is going to start talking about it. I mean, Rich Lerner is going to do his thing where he, you know, he yuck yucks with the boys and he said only man, you know, they're going to talk about their picks and he say only one man has a chance to win the Grand Slam. This is going to be a theme throughout the week. So I think it's going to start immediately. And Scotty has shown that he's been willing to live up to the pressure. Did so at Augusta. He slept on that big lead, was able to come and rise to the top. Had four putts on the 72nd hole, still won by a pile of shots. That's my guy. The modest Texan who shuffles his feet. Let's go, baby. Yeah, you can't you can't hate on that pick. God, I think we're going to hit. Like You're looking at these six picks. And I, I apologize, Joe. I spoiled your Scheffler pick with that Jordan Spieth rant. Ah, I haven't spoiled it all month. Yeah. Do you think we have the winner in here? Like just, just – do you take the field or do you take this six? So, if I was to look at the odds, 
we've probably picked 27 or 28 majors over the life of this podcast. I would say two or three of those we've gotten right and the rest we haven't. So I would say I'm taking the field and not our picks. That being said, I do feel like this is probably our best crop in a while. Like we have, we have, we, we Mm -hmm. have good stuff spread out here. Like maybe, maybe Rory comes and he wins a major. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe JT doesn't. These, these, it feels like the, you know what? I'm, I'm switching back. We picked the winner. We picked the winner. I'm looking at this, this crop, Scotty, Cantley, Tiger fucking Woods, (laughs) Will Zalatoris. We got the winner. John Rahm. Let's go. We got Tiger Woods in our picks, so we're feeling good about it. Um, well, Dane Delgado um, laughed at us the last time he heard our picks. Despite that, we are still a proud partner of Matchstick Golf. Use Turn 20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. They're, of course, the proud sponsor of Nick Rules. Theme song pending. All right, Joe. We touched on this a little bit earlier. This is a pretty simple one. Mm. FAQ. Just this is straight from the rules of golf FAQ. All right, Great. nothing fancy about this. Let's We're go. It simple. I can't find my ball after searching for three minutes. What are my options? I would bet this is this is rule number one that you learn as a golfer because it's the first rule you break. And I would bet you that eighty five percent of golfers would get this answer wrong. That is generous. It's it's closer to ninety eight percent. I would say. Hey, what the rules of golf say? If you can't find your ball within three minutes, it is lost. Because it is lost, you must return to the spot of your previous stroke and play another ball from there for one penalty stroke. When was the last? When was the last time you saw someone walk back to a tee box? I haven't seen it in years. Like not in a competition, but like right, not in a competition. I was gonna say I, I, I've only seen it in a competition. Like, could you imagine someone dicking around on a par five and they're looking for three minutes, and you see them not driving back because driving back is one thing. That's like thirty seconds hit, thirty seconds. I can live with that. But someone walking back with a driver, <laughs> that would be the most nervous I think a golfer could possibly be in a situation is yeah. to walk back and have to pull off that shot. Right. I'd love – I mean, first of all, if you're, if you're not sure, just hit a hit a provisional. Hit a provisional. Yeah. There are times where you you are pretty sure. You, yeah. There's no need to hit a provisional, but but it turns out you can't find it. That that definitely happens. Never seen anybody just, just for the sake of the rules of golf walk back to the previous stroke, play again. I just thought of a scenario. I would, this- make, I would make Romy do it if we had some money on the line, for sure. Uh, it depends how many drinks I had if I'd make Romy do it. Um, here's, here's the circumstance where I would absolutely do it. I'm on the 16th tee of U of I. The right side falls off a cliff. Is that hazard now? I think that's hazard now. So people stop walking down there. Doesn't matter. That would, that, that would make sense. Let's say I'm four under on the 16th tee. I hit a ball. Before. I hit a provisional. I can't hit two provisionals. I, I I need to show some respect. I can't find either provisional. Again, I am four under. I'm walking. I can't find either ball. I have to walk back to the tee. I can't cheat around well, that could that be point, under if par. You've lost, if you've lost two balls, you're just taking the max score, which is net double bogey. No, bro. I understand for like for my handicap, that's what's going to happen. 
I'm out here trying to break par for a gross score. I, 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 I can't worry about the, the powers that be. Right now, it's me okay. and God on this golf course, and I have to break par. So if I'm four under, I lose two balls. That means I have to walk back to the tee and hit five. Let's make a good triple, par out, <laughs> and take the 71 to the house with a good story. That's what has to happen. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. You go for that. You go for it, Joe. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I think we digressed a little bit from Nick Rules, but yeah. No, three that's, minutes. That's, that's it. I mean, that's it. Like nobody's nobody's doing it. No one's doing and they, it. And they shouldn't do it. No. Hit, and just, you're, you're, you're a better man than I am for, for separating your, your ESC score from your, your score. I'm, I'm a net double bogey. That's the score. That's the number. Oh, dude. I had a, <laughs> I guess net. I mean, it's a little, I had, I was, um, I was two over through 14 the other day in men's club and, uh, they put the hole in a diabolical spot, had a smooth four putt for a, for a triple. There's no way I'm going to like, you know, write down a five. It's like, I made a six on this hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if, well, it's, you'd at least be a six. <laughs> it, was if a it was six. a par three. If it was par three, then yeah, okay. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it was, okay. it was a par three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, we did it. We've picked, <laughs> we've, we've, we've picked another major championship again. Take the information we've given you, use it, throw it away, go to Apple Podcasts on the At The Turn page, leave us a five-star review, and who you think is going to win the PGA Championship. If you're right, Piper Golf is going to send you a sampler pack of golf balls. If you can't wait, go to Piper.Golf, use Turn 10 at checkout. Nick, do you have anything else? No, I'm just, I'm getting ready for my 5.42 a.m. tea time this weekend. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.